0: Welcome
1: to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, President of the Pacific Justice Institute. On today's show, we're going to talk about uh, some of the challenges with Israel, why Christians should be concerned. We're also going to talk about how the, the transgender movement is really forcing a lot of Christians to take a stand and why that's important in today's society, as well as how we can further the pro-life movement in our messaging during Christmas time. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about some other issues with our attorney out of Michigan. Welcome uh, to the the show, David Peters. Appreciate you being on the program.
2: Great to be here, Brad.
1: Well, it's uh, great to have you on the show. You're doing a lot of work out of our, our PJI, PJI office uh, there in, in Michigan, and I greatly appreciate you being a part of our team, uh, David. Uh, you know, first I want to start off by addressing. What many people have noticed, specifically out of Michigan, uh, which is the large number of pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist-loving uh, Muslims uh, there in Dearborn and in Michigan, who massively, in the thousands and thousands, were demonstrating in hatred against the Jews, saying from the from the river to the sea, you know, just just exterminate the the, the nation of Israel, kill the Jews in the United States. This isn't in Tehran. This is in the United States. And it looks like it's just consumed a large part of Michigan when we look at the news. Uh, What's actually going on there in Michigan? And do the the non-radical Muslims in in Israel, excuse me, in Michigan, um, are they concerned?
2: Well, well, look, Brad, uh, Michigan is a very, very purple state. We have a, shall I say, communist governor, uh, certainly uh, fascist tendency, Governor Whitmer. And the Democrats in the last election, they gerrymandered. You can look up that word if you don't know what it means. They gerrymandered our district. Uh, I live in Livonia, Michigan. Our district was put in with Dearborn, Michigan. And my representative, uh, God help me. Is Rashida Tlaib. and uh, so so we got stuck with her. She has two couple primary challengers, but uh, I, I'm sure she's going to win the next election.
1: Yeah, she's. It, it's
2: really tragic.
1: Yeah, she's one of the the Squad Four that is radical, pro Hamas, pro radical Muslim, pro terrorist, anti Jew, in your face. We hate the Jews. That kind, of, a member of that Squad Four,
2: right? So people. That's right. You know, Brad, there's so much I want to say about this. You know, we hear them saying from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That's a call for genocide. Right. That is not, there's no middle of the road there. And we know it's a call for genocide, even if we didn't have the Arabic translation of the saying, because in Arabic it rhymes and it says from the water to the water, all will be Muslim. That's what they say in Arabic in English. It's from the, River to the sea, Palestine will be free. In other words, Palestine will be Jude and Reine. Wow! No Jews in Palestine. And that's exactly what these protesters are saying. They're calling yeah. for genocide against the Jewish
1: people. Yeah, I know they, they also, along with uh, Iran and a lot of these countries, these Muslim countries, you know, they teach the children uh, that the Holocaust never happened, that it's just a big lie myth made up by the Jews to, to justify having a nation somewhere on Earth, and and uh, they, it never happened. And then they're also training little children to to hate the Jews. Uh,
2: to, they have, to pre- they have pre- camps. To pre- they have camps where they take little kids, and, and they have dolls, and they saw off the heads of dolls. Five-year-old kids are taught to saw off the heads of these Jewish dolls. Right. They're taught from a very young age. that I really want to say something, Brad, about who we're dealing with here? This is a spiritual battle. The the and you know this uh, uh, more than me, but but it really is. It's a spiritual battle, and we're fighting the Father of Lies. And you can identify who his followers are by what they believe. If they believe rank, obvious lies, you you probably are are looking at someone who's following the evil one. I, yeah. I'm telling you because. The lies they believe, they're enough to invoke cognitive dissonance in a normal person. They'll believe, okay, uh, October 7th was a, a Jewish plot to, to kill their own people so they could launch a war. And they'll believe that, and then they'll believe, oh, isn't it great that all those Jews got killed by, by the uh, Muhadin? Yeah. You, you can't believe both. Right. But yet they do. Yeah. And, and that, to me, that identifies who we're dealing with. Satan will lie just to lie. He will lie even when it's to his benefit to not lie. And that's what we're dealing with here. I, I really believe that, Brad. And, yeah. and, and I don't want to get metaphysical, but it's a spiritual battle.
1: Yeah, I know uh, many in Europe are very alarmed who are non, non-Muslim. Uh, they're very alarmed with how dangerous and how radical the Muslims in Europe have demonstrated themselves being these massive rioting demonstrations uh, calling for the death of Jews, calling for the death of Israel. Uh, you know, I, I think it had an impact on Denmark's election. Uh, the, the, yep. the president who was elected there was shocked. He and his party you know, won as, as strongly as they did. One of their, their, their points was, um, we need to stop uh, having Muslims, radical Muslims, immigrate into our country when they're not going to assimilate. Their values, their beliefs, their worldview— is not homogeneous. And it only creates division with that, the destruction of the, of the nation. Um, so I think we're seeing this internationally. We're seeing it here in the United States, in places like Michigan. We're seeing it on college campuses, uh, where we have you know, students who are Muslims. We also have students who are from Muslim countries who have visas here. Uh, but we also have a, you know, a lot of students who have what I, I guess is called sort of a, a rage. Um, amphetamine, if you will. They, they just grab onto anything that allows them to express hate and rage. So a lot of these kids, a lot of them are spoiled, if you will. Um, you know, they haven't <laughs> had to work a day in their life, and they're just sort of jumping onto this bandwagon uh, against the Jews. But I believe at the end of the day, it's spiritual, it's demonic, and the church and Christians cannot be complacent. We cannot be silent we must be be supportive of Israel. We must be supportive of the Jews. Um, and we need to make sure that we are resolute in this so we don't fall into the same trap of Nazi Germany and pay the same price uh, inevitably.
2: Uh, I appreciate... We are headed there. We're headed there, Brad. Yeah. We're headed in that direction. The, the, the protests that, that I've seen, people chanting anti-Semitic slogans, attacks against churches, attacks against the Jewish people, This is this is as bad as it's ever been. Yeah, and those
1: who are not here, those who are not citizens already, um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, we need to investigate, and we need to uh, have them leave, deport them, have them leave the country. Uh, They are dangerous to our nation, dangerous to what we stand for, to human rights, to our constitution. Uh, You know, they have no right to be here. You know, we gave them. Many of them are a right to be here to escape persecution, and now they're, they're just spreading their poison of persecuted thoughts against the Jews. Uh, that may be fine in Pakistan, may be fine in Afghanistan and Iraq and Iran and these other thug-driven countries. It's not okay for the United States, and uh, they're not going to assimilate. We need to face reality. That's my perspective. At the same time, uh, we need to reach out to these people who don't know Jesus as well, Um, particularly those who are citizens uh, who are going to be here um, and uh, hopefully lead them to uh, the saving grace and knowledge of faith in Christ and with that the heart of Christ which has no place for anti-semitism and hate that we see manifest so clearly and resolutely in the Muslim faith throughout the United States. Love what you're doing, uh, David Peters. Uh, Keep up the great work there in Michigan and uh, look forward to our next update.
2: Thank you. At
0: PJI, we exist to serve everyone in need of counsel, representation, and defense of their religious liberties, parental rights, and the sanctity of life. We don't take cases based on how high-profile they are. We are workhorses, not show horses. Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report.
1: Welcome back to Brad Dacus Live. Uh, we now have with us a gentleman who is a, a pastor of a growing church in Palmdale, but he also serves as PJI's uh, director of our church engagement office. And uh, I'd like to welcome him to the show. Welcome, Peter.
3: Hey, thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, it's great to have you on the program, as always. And you're doing so much through our church engagement office uh, I just want to sort of touch on that first so people understand what you're doing and what we're uh, involved in uh, with the Church Finds Us Voice program that we've coalesced with uh, other ministries like Faith Wins. Um, what's, uh, what's going on you know, right now uh, with uh, that, that, uh, that movement, that program to really empower churches?
3: Yeah, so there's never been a greater time for churches to be involved. Uh, Pastors uh, are really getting involved in their community through an initiative that Pacific Justice helped to found called The Church Finds Its Voice, and churches are finding their voice. They're finding their voice in their communities. They're finding their voice through voter registration, through voting their biblical values, and so we're excited about this movement. It's growing, and we've been meeting with pastors over the last few weeks who are getting ready for 2024 because we believe it will be the most important year uh, to date in American history in the sense that we have uh, the democracy and the republic to steward, and we believe that God has positioned churches in, a, in for such a time as this, uh, in this culture, uh, to be a light, to stand for truth, uh, to not be afraid, to give courage, and uh, and to have a
1: voice. I know that um, Eric Metaxas. Recently wrote a book called uh, *The Letters to the American Church*, and uh, I read that book. Uh, you were strongly recommended it to me. Thank you very much. And I know we've sent it out to uh, a good number of churches and pastors uh, to basically to open their eyes to how this is not the time to be silent. There is no neutrality when you're serving the Lord, and history uh, has a you know has a way of just uh, just convicting those times when the church was silent and did not speak up like in Nazi Germany. Uh, Had the churches spoken up, the massive numbers were just neutral. You know, had about 3,000 who were pro-Nazi, signed off on the Nazi party. You had about 3,000 who were publicly against what the Nazi party stood for and their unbiblical worldview. But then you had about, I guess it was like 12,000 that were just... In the middle, just sort of silent, complacent, not wanting to be involved in any anything controversial, not wanting to offend anyone, and had those churches spoken up, Peter, we historians often believe that uh, the Nazis would not have risen to, to power the way they did, and would have been greatly limited on what they did, especially with regard to the Holocaust. So, uh, you know, I really respect what you're doing to get out that truth and information. And I think 2024 is a great opportunity for the church to really glorify the Lord and not to be silent, but to speak up for what's right and manifest the love of Christ for those who are being persecuted, whether it's the preborn or the Jewish people here in the United States. Now, speaking of the Jewish people, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, like, like Obama, former President Obama said, well, you know, there's blood on both hands. You know, the Jews and the Hamas, the terrorists, you know, they're, They're all equally guilty. There's no difference. Uh, Give us a little history lesson, if you will, that might uh, bring people like Obama to light as to what the truth is.
3: Yeah, so I've had a lot of people in L.A. County where I pastor uh, say, well, what about the Palestinian people? I mean, you know, don't they deserve to live, too? And, you know, it's an interesting thing when you put it that way. Um, you are forsaking the fact that if someone walked into your house and killed your children, you would want justice to be served. And a lot of people in the news media are saying, well, the Israeli army, the IDF, they're, they're going down there and they are just shooting to kill. They're, they're not taking prisoners. They are taking prisoners. In fact, they're doing everything they can. They're risking life and limb to try to protect civilians uh, to protect life, uh, it is the disregard for life that Hamas <coughs> stands on. It is their main platform, and so I think it's important for Christians to understand that this is a this is an important uh, historical issue. That this has been happening for two thousand years. The Jews have been persecuted for two thousand years, and it wasn't until uh, Brit- Britain decided to give uh, a declaration of independence, if you will, to the Jewish people in 1947 that they were able to come back into the land that God had promised them. Their grant deed is scripture. And so all they're doing right now is defending the land that God has given them. And a lot of Christians are trying to to be silent about this issue as well, because there are people on both sides. But I think it's important for every Christian to understand, Jesus was a Jew. Uh, Jesus came to save the Jewish people just as much as he did the Gentiles. We have entered into that blessing, and the Bible is very clear that God will bless those that, that bless Israel and curse those that curse Israel. Israel, and so a lot of this is in the news, and some people just get immune to it. But I have really been trying to wave this flag that says, uh, really, the last 100 years there have been people saying, you know, don't let the Jews, you know, live, and that's not right. And right. so some a group like Hamas needs to stop. Uh, their rhetoric, and we need to stand with Israel uh, unequivocally.
1: Yeah, I I'm, I really appreciate you pointing out the history uh, of Israel. You know, I had a, uh, a gentleman in, in law school where I went to uh, a number of years ago, and I talked to him. I said, "So, um, so where are you from?" He goes, um, "He goes, I'm Jewish." He goes, "I'm from Israel." I said, "Oh, Israel? Oh, really? So when did your family move to Israel?" He goes, moved to Israel." He goes. My family, my relatives, my ancestors—we've always lived been in Israel. We've had our our farm in Israel. We've, for generations, we've lived in Israel. Mm -hmm. It's not like the Jewish people even came in. A lot of them, you know, came after the Holocaust, back to the the the, you know the promised land of Israel. Uh, Mm -hmm. But they were there. And the uh, the quote Palestinians—they're not, you know, they have no separate cultural of Palestine. They're they're just Muslim Arabs. Who, are, who also moved into Israel, most of them migrated into Israel in, uh, in the uh, 1800s after the, a lot of people, a lot of the Jews, started to developing it agriculturally. They actually migrated in. Most of the people living in Gaza have Egyptian last names. Right. So it's a, it's a big fraud. And then also, I think it's important for people to understand that the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, um, they majority, they want... A, a peaceful two-state solution. They offered that to Yasser Arafat. He said no, because their resolve is not to peacefully coexist, but to kill the Jews in Israel and to wipe Israel into the ocean. That is their resolve. Uh, and finally, I know those in Gaza, people say, well, the people in Gaza just want peace, and they, they don't hate the Jews. Unfortunately, that's not true. Um, they, they, they voted for the Hamas. They put the Hamas in power. Uh, a poll t- taken not that long ago showed uh, two out of three st- uh, support Hamas and what they stand for to kill the Jews, to annihilate Israel. The other one-third is pro-Fatah, which also doesn't respect uh, the right of Israel to exist. Leaving a very marginal, less than one percent, um, who a lot of those are, c- are Christian Palestinians um, who actually want peace. So the massive, massive, almost majority of those in Gaza want the death of Jews and Israel uh, all the way down to the early childhood level. They're trained to hate Israel, to kill the Jews. Uh, So Israel has their work cut out for them. We need to be supportive of Israel. Their very right to exist hangs in the balance as far as I'm concerned. Um, And this should matter to Christians, shouldn't it? Because if we don't get behind Israel, we're not asking for God's blessing. And unfortunately, this administration, as I see it, apparently is putting more and more pressure on Israel uh, to back down and not protect their people. Now, we're approaching Christmas. Christmas time, I understand, may be the best time to talk about being pro-life.
3: You know, I've studied this issue, as you have, Brad, a lot. And I've talked to a lot of people who um, are ignorant about it, frankly, who've who've never heard a pastor talk about it or never heard from the Bible that abortion is wrong and and think it's just a political issue and not a biblical issue. And so I've had a lot of these conversations. And you know, the the strongest, I believe, the strongest argument for being pro-life is the fact that our savior came in the womb Of Mary, and when he was conceived of the Holy Ghost, not at 10 weeks, not at 15 weeks, not when he had a heartbeat. No, when he was conceived of the Holy Ghost, he was, listen, he was fully human. And so we cannot, we cannot move an inch on this. Because if we do, our entire faith, what we're saying is that Jesus wasn't fully human until a certain point. Well, that's not what the Bible says at all. And so this is a great moment to celebrate the life of our Savior and his birth and to celebrate it not just from the moment of his birth, but Christmas begins at conception. We've got to talk about this in a positive way, and we've got to point out the fact um, that life is a gift from God, and it is it is not for man to 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 decide um, God is the giver of it, and we should celebrate it
1: yeah i'm really glad you mentioned that because you know had Jesus just come from the clouds and then suddenly appeared on the top of Mount Sinai, Mount Carmel, whatever, and you know <laughs> we wouldn't have the same messaging, would we but the fact that Jesus came was was born just you know and but it was conceived it was the it was the point of conception by the holy spirit yes. and even even david talks about you know in the mm-hmm. old testament about you know how he was knitted in his mother's womb how he was yes. you know formed by god i mean it's it's mm-hmm. all throughout scripture and for the church to be silent i uh, i think is a is a shame this is a great opportunity uh, to do that this christmas and i want to encourage people out there uh, to to uh, really jump on what Peter just said and and share this message. If you're a pastor out there, share that. Share that with members of your church on on when did Christmas begin? And it began at the point of conception by, by the Holy Spirit of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love that. It's great in our messaging, and uh, it's a great thing to introduce. Now, we see a lot about the doctrine of tolerance, Peter, mm. where you know, the transgender movement is trying to force young Christians to, uh, you know, to, to take a stand for their movement. Um, um, you know, what what do we do? I mean, you know, what can we do to stand up against this as, as common citizens? I know what we at Pacific Justice are doing. You know, we're suing. <laughs> we're defending Christian schools and challenging, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, boys going into girls' locker rooms and competing in mm-hmm. girls' sports. We've Got, uh, we were able to get six states to adopt legislation to correct against this travesty being pushed by this administration on public schools across the country. Uh, but what can average individuals do collectively and in communities to combat this, uh, this terrible uh, messaging that's victimizing so many young people?
3: Well, there's two things you can do, and there's two things first you need to know. First of all, you need to know that you're on the winning side. Uh, the reality is uh, the truth of of the Bible starts in Genesis 1, that he made them male and female, created he them in his image. That's not going to change no matter how much people say it, no matter how much people want to say that that's a hateful thing to say. It is an honest thing. It's a truthful thing. Um, and, so, and so you're on the side of truth. So just know that. That's a positive thing to know. The second thing you need to know is the doctrine of tolerance is, is exactly that. It's a doctrine. It is a set of belief. Uh, it it a set of beliefs, it is, it is a religious, uh, ideolo- ideological um, standpoint. And so when they're talking about transgenderism, they're talking about their religion. So I believe if they're going to be willing to talk about their religion and their set of beliefs, we should be willing and courageous enough to talk about our set of beliefs. Those are the two things we need to know. Second, the, the two things we need to do is, first of all, if you have a, a sport that you coach Or that you are involved in maybe you're you're part of a booster for um you know swimming team or 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 a volleyball team or whatever wrestling if there's a transgender athlete that joins in the number one thing that needs to happen across the united states is there just needs to be a protest there needs to say i only play against men or i only play against women i'm not going to play i was told this was a women's sport i was told this was a men's sport when we're seeing this, that when teams just say no, we won't play. We just won't. We won't play at all if that's if that's how it's going to be. Um, we, we won't. And and if there's enough people just walking out and basically saying we're not going to, um, we're, we're not going to play into the delusion. Um, we will see a massive swing in this. That they'll have to change. Right. I just think it's the most loving, compassionate thing to say. We're going to hold the line here. Um, because we're not the creator, God is, and he created two biological sects, and it is a just thing to say that is the truth.
0: We would love the opportunity to continue to serve you. Just visit pji.org and click the Legal Insider button to sign up for our email newsletter. At PJI, we help individual employees, employers, business owners, pastors, students, citizens of every stripe through our practical resources, counsel, representation, and defense, all free of charge at pji.org. PJI is an island of stability and assurance in our ever-churning sea of legal and societal chaos. We are here for you. So
1: folks, just remember, It's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute.
0: Let's continue the fight for your freedoms.